Hello, everyone. This is Fixing the Optical Problem, where we try to not contribute to the optical problem. I'm Zach, and I'm here with Matt, as always. Hey, everyone. <laughs> this is, as everyone here, if you're listening to this, can tell this is our first run at this podcast. And uh, kind of the idea that we're going with is that in the optical industry, as many of you know, whether you are a consumer or a member of the industry, how many problems we encounter. Um, so we want to start to lay out some fixes and just better practices for people. Um, so today we're going to kind of go with who we are and uh, why you may want to listen to us or may not for that matter. And you can make fun of us all you want, but I think there'll be some good nuggets in here for you. Matt, do you have anything you'd like to add? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That's a good start. Um, but yeah, let's let's go ahead. I'm going to let you chat and start with. So mm -hmm. let's hear a little bit about who you are and why you got to this point where we want to actually address and fix the optical problem that we encounter daily, weekly, <laughs> hourly, sometimes. Yeah, really. hourly. <laughs> So as I've already said, I'm Zach. Uh, I am a Wisconsin-based optician. I own my own shop in the greater Milwaukee area, Shorewood Opticians. Um, I've owned that for just shy of two years now. That's kind of crazy to think about, actually, how fast time goes. Um, it feels like just yesterday I was sitting in the office for the first time, but here we are. Um, I am mainly a self-book-taught optician, and what we've kind of found is that it's so hard to find and learn so many of these principles of what the right thing is to do in each situation. And there are some great books and great knowledge out there, but a lot of it is also passed down just through mentors and everything. So I've had to find mentors all over the country, whether it's, you know, I've got a, a mentor in Georgia, I've got a couple in California, I've got a buddy in Tennessee that I talk to sometimes that you know can help out with that. I don't things, recommend that one. It's the dangerous I don't one. recommend that one either. He's not very helpful. Uh, as you guys will all find out very shortly how helpful he is <laughs> or not for that matter. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, born and raised here in Wisconsin, been an optician now for uh, just shy of 10 years, which is also crazy to think about. I started in corporate at a lens crafters fell into it. Like if you will, again, are a member of the industry, we'll probably hear a similar story from you that, you know, you fell into the industry somehow it was a job to get through or whatever. And you fell in love with this crazy world that we call optics. Um, did that for about two years. And then I got recruited to a private doctor's office, five optometrists. And I was an optician for them for two years. And then I was their office manager for a further two years. So four years there in total. And then I got the uh, opportunity to run my own. So had that for about two years. So I guess eight years I've been in the industry now um, going on. Oh, you green little baby. And if I feel green sometimes too, there are things that I still run across. But for the most part, you know, I'm able to, to handle most things that walk into my office, which is good. It's part of why we want to put some of this out there. So people who are in the same position that I'm in or a little bit newer or even been in it a little longer, just haven't had as much experience can, uh, can do a better job. Really. That's the whole goal here. What about you, Matt? You tell me where you're from and what you do. I want to hear um, a little bit more about uh, your office because you're a little more unique wants, than I am. 
nobody wants to hear about me. I'm just a troublemaker in the background that makes everyone mad. Uh, ask Varney how much I piss off people in the industry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I think we'll talk about that on a later have, episode. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> We'll get into later. that in the future. That's that's a whole other side of the problem we face, right? Uh, but yeah, so I am born, raised, still live in the Tennessee area, largely in the uh, southeast area around Chattanooga. Little tiny town that's grown up and kind of exploded the last few years and i feel like that's had a lot to do with how i got to where i am um, but yeah as far as how i got into the industry it is absolutely fell into it uh, it's as zach pointed out i think a lot of us that fall into the industry and fall in love with it are kind of the ones that somehow get known for it right um but yeah, for me, I literally fell into it. I was working in a car rental place and was just kind of dead end job there and needed to get into something new or wanted to get into something new, whatever it is. I, I just never be like feeling I'm in a situation where I'm talked out, which is another reason I like this industry and why I see that there is some problem and room to fix and grow the industry as a whole and elevate it rather than just, you know, one or two of us or a little here and there. There's definitely room to bump things up. But from that, I had a friend that worked in an ophthalmology practice. Their optician needed an assistant, and I snowballed from there quite literally. I went in as just his data entry person into walking into the apprenticeship program to get the state license done. He had actually owned and managed a lab, so that's a lot, a lot, a lot of knowledge came from him over the years, just working side by side and getting that exposure to it. Um, but he owned and managed a surfacing lab and owned a retail shop alongside that at the same time before he sold those off won't get into that company today but yeah <laughs> he sold those off and went to work at this practice and you know from there he eventually retired i took over that optical department and again it was an ophthalmology practice so i had a lot of exposure to the refracting to the medical to so many facets of it and i always had a whole medical chart in front of me so it gave me a chance to go much deeper than the average optician does by far because i can literally see everything that's going on with this person's eyes before i ever make a pair of glasses i still miss that some today but there's not no a whole kidding. lot we can do about that in retail uh, it's you get a prescription and you hope you know what can come from it. There's some questions you can ask to help with it, but you know, at the end of the day, not everyone's a great historian. There is nothing like having that medical book in front of you of everything that's going on. So yeah, but uh, from there, I got into my store. I opened a little boutique optical and I'm one of these, I like to do everything at the top end of the spectrum. So I opened in the higher end of the optical world. I mean, my least expensive frame there at this point is probably four or 500 or so on the low end. It's, uh, it's Which a is nice my world. top end. That's the yeah. funny part. That's my <laughs> top end. So yeah, quite a bit different experience to me. Just, you know, you're, you're pushed much more on the higher end of things, more boutique, mm -hmm. you know, absolutely gorgeous pieces of eyewear. I mean, I love what I carry. I love what I do, but I do definitely drool over the frames that you bring in. Like <laughs> maybe a, a certain T. Henry of Valhalla <laughs> is calling my name oh, day in and day out. Sir, that thing is beautiful. And Those of like, you who are not aware of what that is, you should go and check Matt, Matt's website out, that glasses guy, and take a look at that T. Henry Valhalla in the green. I forget what the actual colorway is called. And if you buy it on me, so help me. I will cry. 
It'll be happy tears, though, because you'll appreciate that it went to a beautiful face that deserves it, right? <laughs> sure. I can lie. Sure. <laughs> hey, yeah, listen, so you brought up a great point. Money. You brought up a great point during your little story that I didn't, uh, mm. I didn't even think about. Um, how Tennessee and Wisconsin are actually different, and a lot of the states nationwide are different. So again, many of you who are in the industry already know this, but those of you who are not, um, there's no set standardization for what we do state to state. So I'm in a non-licensed state. What that means is I could hire anyone off the street. Anyone off the street could open up their own optical. There is no requirement to do what we do. I, I tell people all the time in my office that you know I could hire them the next day and they could be sitting in my chair selling glasses to the next person who walks in the door. There's just no regulation. So you have to hope that you're coming to someone who has experience and training and knowledge that they can properly fit, which is a key point, you know, to getting a good fit. Whereas Tennessee is obviously different, Matt. You guys are a licensed state. You guys have more restrictions and more requirements for what's required. Yeah, so that's where it gets really interesting, right? Uh, because we are a licensed state. You do, to go out on your own at least, you have to have that state board licensure, right? So I've got that. We've got continuing education hours. But it's still, I, I don't want to set the expectation that just having that license makes a really good optician because the bar is so low for that license, in my opinion, at least. Uh, it, it's just, it, it doesn't really do a whole lot for you. But on top of that, uh, the way the ordinances are on licensure in the state, a lot of opticians are just working under a doctor. So you might not even have an actual license fitting and dispensing a pair of glasses. Interesting. Yeah, it, it gets hairy quick because technically it should be a licensed optician doing order, fit, dispense, check out, all mm -hmm. of that. Uh, but a lot of times you wind up with a multi-tiered aspect. Like I know a lot of the bigger chains do this now where you have a frame stylist, you might sit down with an optician for the actual ordering, but you know, there's, it's, it's not there's all a difference done. There. Yeah. The interesting part though, and I guess what I'm getting at is you guys at least have a baseline of knowledge. And I understand that the tiered aspect that there are frame stylists who are maybe doing more than they should be or fitting under a doctor's <laughs> license and stuff. Um, not that I'm dissing any frame stylists out there, you know, that's a lot oh, no, of what... some of them are incredible. Hell, I've seen some stylists that do better than opticians, right? I wholeheartedly agree with that. And again, this is one of these problems, right? There's no actual, it's all over the place. You've got frame stylists who are better than licensed opticians. You've got licensed opticians who know far more than, you know, non-certified or non-certified who know more than licensed. There's just, it's all over the board and there's no and then you've got what is better right do you focus more on purely optics and nothing else or do you balance the whole artistry of it where it's a little bit of fashion a little bit of optics and it's a whole multifaceted thing or you know the frame stylist that only cares about how it looks on your face so there's a lot of ways to even determine what is good right probably a topic for another podcast my friend <laughs> Because that is another problem. See, you know, we're, we're, I don't even think 10 minutes in here, we're already identifying all of these issues and all of these inconsistencies of what's happening. Um, but again, you guys at least have a baseline, you know, and the ABO, the American Board of Opticianry also sets out a baseline, um, the basic certification done through the NOCE National Opticianry Certification Exam, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong on the acronym. Um, which unfortunately ends up being the end goal for a lot of opticians in many non-licensed states. 
Um, so I carry my basic. I also carry the advanced certification and I am well on my way to hopefully getting my master's designation within the next year or two here. That's kind of my big goal. Um, and that's also something we can talk about as, as time goes on, what that means and and how that's a differentiating factor. Um, but I just think that's an important, important thing for us to touch on is just that. Oh, for sure. The other thing that you mentioned that I just want to touch on is the the medical and the pathology portion, how important mm. that is if you're a consumer walking in or if you're a optician to be asking the right questions. Um, you know, if someone comes in with with cataracts that are six months away from being taken out and they've had a you know three-quarter diopter change. So again, for people who aren't in the industry, that's 0.75 change in your prescription, either up or down. Um, may look like a big change to the optician in front of you, but you may not see any different with that change. That's part of why I trail frame in my office. Almost everyone who walks in the door is to see how different that prescription is. See how, what their perception of it is. It's very important. Oh yeah. And that's a great point too, because you'll hear doctors all the time. There'll be, you know, it's this quarter doctor change and they're like, oh, well that's, that's no difference. Don't even bother getting your glasses. But I've seen that same chart right in front of me and it's an entire line of vision better, which is not a small change, right? Some people that's are very significant that quarter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very significant. And my wife is actually a great example of that. She is 2040. And oh. if you give her a quarter more, she's 2020. She has a three line jump with a quarter. Which That's is, impressive. I don't think I've run into that before. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I sat in the exam room when it happened. It was both the doctor and I just like jaws dropped because we were not expecting that. We were expecting to have to give her nearly a diopter more power. Quarter, quarter shift. Wow. So that is why we trial frame, you know, just to double check things. And then consumers, you get to make the decision on your own. You can decide that, yeah, wow, I really do see a lot better or I don't see better. Maybe I hang on to my glasses for a year or you know, I don't like this frame anymore. Let's do a style change or, yep, mm -hmm. my my lenses are scratched all get out. I really should be getting a new pair. You know, <laughs> there, there are reasons to get glasses without changes, but I like for it to be your decision. I don't want to sit there and hard sell you on a pair of glasses. I think that's a oh, disservice. No, setting up for failure all around. Like if there's no point, there's no point, right? Nobody wants to shell out two, three, four thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> just to... Just to get a pair maybe, of glasses, just because somebody maybe said, at maybe your office, Matt. I'm talking <laughs> three, four, five hundred dollars at my office. Well, I, th I threw that in there, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Must be nice. Anyways, um, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite sure how long we've been going so far here, Matt. You have any other pieces that you'd like to to talk about? Maybe about why you're so passionate about the industry, or why you want to be fixing these problems because they. They truly are problems. Oh, you know, that's that's a really good question. And I think for me, a lot of it is because I have seen that side of it, right? I have taken, well, I guess I didn't get into my journey as much because the store I took over was a very, very basic optical store, right? The optician was decent. There was nothing bad on that end of it. But it's just, uh, I got very in love with, the whole multifaceted side of it, right? Like I mentioned earlier, there's all these different aspects you can take into a single fit. And I, I really think that's overlooked as 
we're fitting glasses, you get maybe stuck on one thing, right? Rather than actually looking at the whole picture of it. And I think that's a lot of the problem as well as, you know, not having even the baseline knowledge to realize there are all these pieces that need to be looked at to make everything really work together in a beautiful way, both looking at it and looking out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, glasses is not just as simple as slapping a pair of lenses into a frame and hoping that it's right. There's a lot more that goes into it. Which, looking at those, Mr. Sir, I think that those need to be cleaned. <laughs> well, I just was looking at that myself. <laughs> uh, when you have too many pairs, and you don't even know which one is the clean one to grab for the meeting, right? That's what happens. <laughs> I was very selective picking my glasses today. I decided to go with something a little more neutral. So, but, uh, you know, you got to mix sure. it up, change it around. Uh, yeah, you know what? I guess I'm just boring in comparison to you, that glasses guy. Hey, I'm boring in comparison to myself some days. Fair enough. Mm. Anything else you'd like to touch on before we wrap up for the day? No, I think that's a really good start on it. So let's uh, let's roll it out and see how we go. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Fixing the Optical Problem. You can find this podcast on all of your normal podcast channels, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever they all are. Um, you can also find us on YouTube at Fixing the Optical Problem. And finally, connect with us on Facebook and social media. Matt, they can find you at your website, That Glasses Guy, correct? Yes, absolutely. Uh, every social under the sun, That Glasses Guy is out there. <laughs> yep. And you can find me uh, primarily on Facebook. I do have a Twitter, but I don't ever look at it. Please do not find me. That picture is about 10 years old, if not older. I think I was in high school still. Um, otherwise I am on Instagram and I am on LinkedIn. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day.